This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys along with us today for another wonderful episode here on Acquired Tastings. This week, we in preparation for a trip that Dad and I are about to take, we are doing liquors, and because it's our liquor week, this is special because we're doing bottled and bond bourbon. Oh, yeah. So, Dad, what are you doing as your bottled and bond bourbon? I'm doing Evan Williams bourbon. Evan Williams, very cool. And I'm doing the Kirkland bottled and bond whiskey, and we'll talk about kind of where that comes from, but this is the Kirkland brand one. And what are your pairings this week, Dad? I have ribs. These are the last ones, Josh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And then uh, steaks. We had steaks last night, so this fresh steak. And then we had salmon last night, and I've got the salmon right there. What do you have? All right. I have a cheesesteak sandwich that I made. I have some homemade gnocchi and homemade marinara and some molasses cookies. All right. So it should be, it's going to be a really good time. Now, before we get started, Mm. we have to talk about last week's blind. So I blinded you last week on a beer, Dad. That's right. What did you think it was? It was a Marzen. Clear cut. Yeah. And then I went a little further. And so I I don't know why I didn't think it was German. Other than, you know, it's that time of year where I think Lost 40 is bringing out a hunter. Oh, yeah. And it's, so it's I, definitely said, I think it's the Lost 40 hunter. So what was it, Josh? Well, it was actually the Iyengar Mars Oktoberfest from Germany. I've had it. It's a good we've done it. We've done it on the show before. Okay. Yeah, we we've done it here on on the show before. When we did Oktoberfest the first time I did the Iyengar. So anytime uh, anytime you blind me and I think it's Oktoberfest, I'm gonna say Iyengar. And then it'll be hotter. <laughs> and then it'll yeah, it'll be something different at that point. Well that was a good one though. You know, kinda worked through it. Yeah, it was it was a good one. But I think we're gonna have a good episode this week. So uh Absolutely. let's go ahead and dive into the Kirkland. All right. All right, so once again, we're going to be doing the, this is the Kirkland brand, bottled in bond, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It is 100 proof, and we'll talk about kind of why it's at 100 proof, and some of the, we'll talk about what the words mean on the bottle, because it's all really important. Uh, But like I said, this is the Kirkland brand, but this is actually coming from Barton 1792 Distillery in Bardtown, Kentucky. So I'm going to talk. So is it a Heavenly Hill? I don't think it's a Heavenly Hill product. Okay, well, I, Heavenly Hill is in that town. Right, I don't... And that's... Uh, Evan's, Evan Williams is a Heavenly Hill. Yeah, I don't I don't believe they're owned by Well, by I don't Hill. know because when I, you know, when I was doing my research and I saw Heavenly Hill and I went, went to their website and I saw all their different liquors, I, of course, didn't see Kirkland. Well, that's the thing is they don't own Kirkland. Kirkland but, bought... That, their that's right. Whiskey from them, and then se- is able to sell it under their own brand. So now, what are the rules? The rules say that it has to be. Uh, the rule came in what year? Eighteen ninety-seven. Yeah. And the rule says, "You want to go through the rules, or I will." Well, let's go ahead and let's kind of taste it first, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about about the laws itself. So this is a beautiful. It's a beautiful looking bourbon. It has the colors that you want from a good bourbon. That nice caramely, yellowy, amber color. So it's, in, it's American oak, charred American oak. Well, it has to be. It has to be. It has to be. Um, what are you smelling? Oh, I got that that caramel. I get some nuttiness to it. Yeah. Um, you know, if I could, I think I smell oak. Okay. No, because I've got that vanilla that's that's in there. Definitely. So so that says oak. Now, whether I'm smelling oak, I don't know, but you know, I can say that, right? Well, yeah, you're smelling you're smelling what the oak gives it. So the oakiness, and then, like I said, I get that nuttiness. I don't really get any. Um, maybe give it another smell because there there might be some spice in there. I'm getting like caramels. I'm getting mm-hmm. a baking spices mm-hmm. and cinnamon more on the, like the cloviness here. 
with this one and definitely has a like that sweetness that I expect to come from a good bourbon. But you can also definitely smell the alcohol. Oh um, yeah, burnt. It's you know, not. I'll stub my nose too deep for the first. <laughs> yeah, that may be why you can't smell anything now. <laughs> Your nose is still recovering. But we are drinking these neat, and we're drinking these out of double old-fashioned glasses. So we're not exactly. doing the Glencairn glasses. If it, I bet if it was in a Glencairn glass, though, that alcohol would be so much more prevalent. Well, that's because why of how I the glass off. works. So the other thing about bottled and bond is it's got to be. 100 proof exactly yeah when it's so that means when you stick your nose in there too deep like i did just a second ago and you get that 50 percent abv you're gonna burn some nose hairs right so so go ahead and taste and i'll talk about the the bond act of so it's the bottled and bond act of 1897 established a bottle and bond style of liquor one of the reasons they did this was for tax purposes. It was actually a tax incentive for distilleries to, to follow the bottled and bond laws and, and regulation. Now, it can also just say bonded, but it has to come from one distillery. It's aged in a federally bonded warehouse. So the government's looking over their shoulder on this. Yep, it's... Which is okay. Yeah, and it has to be there for at least four years, and it has to be bottled at 100 proof, which is 50% alcohol by volume. Right. Now, they must identify the distillery, where it was distilled, and if it was, and if it was different, where it was actually bonded. So that's kind of how, you know, the Kirkland brand here, if you look at the label, it has bottled and bond, and it says, in accordance with the U.S. government regulation, Bart- Barton 1792 Master Distillers, and then it has the Kentucky Straight Bourbon on it. It has the a bottled and bond label on it that actually tells you the warehouse, the, the government's warehouse uh, number on the bottle, and it's proof. It's all, it's all on the front label. And most of this stuff is federally regulated. And here's the cool thing about bottled and bond bourbon. It's going to be a straight bourbon. Mm-hmm. Because remember, straight, straight bourbon is two years or more. Has to be over two years. So every bonded bourbon is a straight bourbon. Now, did you read why they did this? No. Tell us why. I'm going to eat. You're going to eat. I'm going to eat and drink while you do that. Well, they called it adulterated. So this is before... Um, prohibition, but there apparently was no real laws about making bourbon it, any, or even any the other whiskeys. So they called it adulterated because there was a lot of flavoring, color, and they said iodine, tobacco was being slipped into these whiskeys. To give it some of that color and so you really didn't know what you were getting right and, and so they wanted this law that would do the two things that you already described one to make it distinct as to what it was going to be when it was done distinct that it came out of the one distillery in a one time frame of distilling so it's like january to june so that makes one set of whiskey whether it's bourbon or not and then july to december and so you couldn't mix the january to june and the july to december because that would against be against the law the other thing there was is there was a tackling center so what would happen is they don't have to pay the taxes on this whiskey until they take it out at the four-year mark and bottle it because before you put it in that cast and you're starting to pay you're starting to pay the taxes yeah and that was a huge deal because that was back in the era of when you know you're trying to get every 
every ounce of profit you can. I mean, that's not any different than today. But having that ability to delay your taxes is big because then you could have people make better things and they're not going to try and take shortcuts because now now they know they're going to make their money back and they're not going to go into debt while they're making this and waiting for the four years or at least the two years to get it out to market. Exactly. You know, and it actually doesn't have to be bourbon. It's no, any it's no. any American made liquor. So no. there you could do a bonded gin if right. it's made in the US. You know, we were talking last uh, you know, kind of coming up to the show was there are bonded Tennessee whiskey. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of them are sold in in the state of Arkansas, but they do exist. So if you wanted you could do any type of any type of liquor made in the US could be bonded. Right. But only ones that are going to age really make sense to go ahead and do the bonding because it has to be aged for four years. Now, if you were going to, I think it'd be cool. Maybe somebody out there is waiting and they're do, they're doing a bonded barrel aged gin mm-hmm. or something along those lines, a bond, uh, you know, a barrel aged vodka, which I don't know if that would just be, anyway, that would be, mm-hmm. <laughs> that'd be interesting. Just barrel aged liquor at that point. Or if, you know, if anybody in the U S made brandy, they could do a, a bonded brandy. So it's it's really cool. Now, I see you. So just kind of a reminder of the snacks. I've got a a cheesesteak. I've got some homemade gnocchi and marin- homemade marinara, and then molasses cookies. Um, what have you had so far? Well, I jumped to dessert first. <laughs> That's fine. There's no order here. So uh, the molasses cookies with the molasses, you got that sweetness. And so, um, what happened? Is I took the molasses cookie, took a good bite, and it's got some sugar, grind, ground sugar on top. Took a t- took a little swig of the bourbon. All of a sudden, I got a rum going on. Okay, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, that 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 sweet molasses you feel you want. But this, you know, the cool thing about these bonded bourbons is it's smooth because that four years in in that charred barrel just kind of takes all them edges off. Yeah. It's still hot though. <laughs> it's oh, there's no doubt about whether it's hot because, you know, if you take a swig of it in your mouth and then suck in real big, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't, don't do that. Cause you're burning more than those hairs. <laughs> but yeah, that's, so this Kirkland, you know, we're, you're, we're getting real experience on the Kirkland brand. And the neat thing about both of these bottles, and I don't know that it's required. I didn't figure that out. But both of them have on the top of the of the label where the this label goes across corkscrew or whichever it is, it says 100 right there. So if you're looking for this in the liquor store, instead of having to read the label because it's gonna have to, it has to be on the label but apparently some of them have decided to put it right up there across the top that makes it easier to see it yeah it's kind of like the the seal that goes around mm-hmm. the stuff that's docg in italian wine but this goes like over the top it's kind of like a almost like a government sticker that mm-hmm. would go there now what i think is really cool about kirkland is obviously they don't they don't make it right they don't make it they buy it they contract with a distillery to do this this is contracted with barton 1792 and if you've ever been walking down the bourbon aisle and you see the ones that are near the top that are like a curve shaped bottle and have 1792 on it and they're really really expensive this is the same distillery mm-hmm. it's the same distillery they're doing this bonded bourbon Whereas everything else they do is they do all these small batch, all all their small batch bourbons. And, you know, they have, um, let's see here. It's about nine different varieties of these small batch bourbons that they do, but they also do this. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is a lot like how in Scotland, Mm -hmm. the distillers will make whiskey, save it for years but they also sell their whiskey to the blenders. 
to make the blended scotches. So in, in the Wikipedia, it says something similar. It says it may be re- regarded as a better indication of the distiller skill, making it similar to a concept of a single malt whiskey or a small batch whiskey or a single barrel whiskey. Because of the way this is put together, it's one distillery, it's one season, it's barreled in that government warehouse under the government rules. So it's just, you know, they're doing the same kind of thing. Right. With these, with the scotches. Right. And I, and I think it's cool, like how Kirkland is actually contracted with 1792 because seven Barton 1792 also does a bottle and bond bourbon. Yeah. But it's like, so this, (laughs) this bottle, the, the bottle that I have from Kirkland was a liter bottle and it was 28, $28. $28. I think it was $27.99. The bottled and bond $17.92 under $17.92's label and going doing their own process online is um it's about fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could buy almost two of these mm-hmm. for one of those, and I'd still have five hundred liters, five hundred milliliters more. Just because right. of bottle difference. Well, I'll go you one better. Evan Williams, eighteen ninety nine. Well, I know. I know, but this is you it's know the number one seller in the world or in the US, I guess. Well, yeah, Evan and you can we'll talk about Evan when, when it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, well I but, just I just couldn't jump in I just couldn't help from jumping in there because we were talking price and you know, that's really Yeah, it's a it's a really good price because a lot of you know, well, in, you know, Evan Williams is such a large company. They have the ability to keep those things low. But for a lot of other companies who are making, who aren't making the volume, they can't, they can't really, you know, put aside stuff for four years always. Right. Now, so, I've seen you snack on the steak sandwich. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Um, it's pretty good. I don't, I like the gnocchi better. The gnocchi yeah. with that tomatoey uh, acidity and the potato bite calm down a lot of things going on in the whiskey. So I like that out of my two bites I've had so okay, far. Okay, so when you say calm down, are you talking about the alcohol level? Yeah. Or, or the nuttiness and the things that's going on with inside the whiskey? It calms down the overall intensity of the whiskey. Okay. Like it... It mellows, kind of mellows the whole thing, but you still get a lot of really good flavor. And you're, mm-hmm. I was able to experience the nuances more with the gnocchi than with the with the the sandwich. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the sandwich? I thought the sandwich was very good, and we're both thinking on the same the same plane because I got straight steaks and ribs and the salmon over there, so we're we're thinking big beefy things to eat but you're right the gnocchi does calm it down i hadn't tried it until you said that but i think it's the there's no spiciness in that gnocchi there's really no spices in your steak sandwich is there i mean i don't taste any but the but the whiskey has some spiciness and i just i want to say it and I was working on this before when we first started. I'm getting maybe some black pepper there. Because that nuttiness and the caramel and and that char, maybe it's a combination of the caramel and the char that's making that black pepper. It might it might be. But actually there so there is some spiciness in the steak sandwich. Okay. So you know, this isn't a traditional it's not a traditional Philly cheesesteak. What I, I kind of did my own little spin on it. So I had the beef. I bought the beef yesterday. It was already, you know, thinly sliced. And I marinated it um, overnight in, actually for about 24 hours, in soy sauce, goju jang, mm. black vinegar, a like citrus spice, citrus seasoning, 
and with some fresh garlic. So you may you may also get bites of of garlic as you're eating this. Mm. So okay. there is actually some spiciness. There's actually a little bit more more spiciness than I want, and I was having a hard time without you know making the sandwich extremely extremely messy with the cheese sauce because mm. we made a cheese sauce to go on it, and I think. I was thinking more that cheese sauce would help calm down some of that spiciness, mm-hmm. but it does not. I don't think it plays well with this whiskey. Okay. At least neat. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it was iced and it was a little bit more mellowed, it might actually might actually work well. And Dad's going to add a little bit of water and bloom his. And I'm not going to do that yet because I still haven't had that cookie. That makes a big difference in the in the... The whiskey, the the intensity of it, as you said. Um, I'm gonna have to get some of that goju thing because you you use that a lot. I do. It's a really fun flavor because it's a spicy fermented bean paste. Hmm. So you get spicy, but then you have this like funky kind of earthiness that it that it brings because of the fermented meat, the fermented bean paste. Mm-hmm. But it is something that if you're not careful, it will t- the spiciness will take over. Mm-hmm. And I like for, I think maybe a pound and a half or maybe two pounds of meat, I used one tablespoon in the marinade. Oh, okay. So it was. It's not like it was a little, Mm-mm. but it's not like there was a lot, and it's it's really coming through in the mar- in the meat. Wow. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a really good flavor because I like it because it it adds it doesn't just add heat it also adds that kind of earthy umami umaminess which is which is lacks a lot of times in in flavor groupings. So the bloomed bourbon and the steak the the bloomed bur- bourbon is less intense so it's having a little struggle holding up to that spice that's in that steak. Yeah. And the spice from the steak is in intensifying the alcohol presence. It definitely does. Which is why it, it doesn't go, doesn't really go well together. Well, Maybe a regular cheesesteak would have been better, not with this this marinade that this I have on it. Philly cheesesteak? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I've never been impressed with those. I mean, really? they're good. I love cheesesteaks. Well... You know, there's that place over in the mall, and I've gone over there and got them before, but it's like, you know, of course, that's the mall, right? I think it's because you're going over to the place in the mall. Yeah. You need to get it from, you need to try brewed and barley's. Yeah. Yeah. Theirs is really good. Their head chef is actually from Philly, mm. and it's it's really good. It's also like 17 inches long. Oh. Like, it's a big, it's a big, big cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. And they're so good. And they have them on both their lunch and their dinner menu. But yeah, so the cookie, I just had some of the cookie and I totally understand what you're talking about, how it kind of transforms things and kind of makes it more rummy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With that molasses flavor and the alcohol kind of taking over and working together. Mm-hmm. Never was one of my rums disappear last night. I don't know what happened. I know. It's, it's weird how that stuff happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're going to put ice in it? Yeah, I'm going to put ice in it. That's the other way to do it. Well, so something I like to do, and I do it with my rye whiskeys a lot, and I may start doing it with high-proof bourbon. Is that ice? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't ice it. So what I do is I either pour it into a cocktail shaker or um, a cocktail glass with ice, and I stir it. Mm-hmm. So I stir it to get the dilution and get it chilled down, right. and then I pour it into a glass, a neat, uh, a, a glass one. neat. Mm-hmm. That way, I get some dilution, but I don't get over dilution, right. which happens a lot of time when you order stuff on the rocks. Is you'll get the dil- you'll hit that dilution mark that you want, and then it goes over. So right. it's kind of a way. It's a, a way I've done it to find where I find that really good balance to where I get the dilution, but I also don't get the over dilution. Well, that's one of the things that David Timberlake and I talked about. You know, he's the bartender at the pantry West. And it's, it's like there is that thin line of the dilution 
that you want. And that's why you'll shake some of the drinks with the ice and then you strain the ice off because you got that you got the dilution that you wanted and so if you and then others you get that dilution and then you pour it into new new fresh ice mm-hmm. so that it so that it can mellow even more right as you continue to drink it so this to me would be a, you know either drink it neat like we're doing or give it some you know, you could pour it on ice. Right. It's just that <laughs> then I'm under this situation of how fast do I have to drink this so it doesn't get too, too diluted. <laughs> right. And that's kind of why I came up with that idea to stir and get that dilution that I, that right. I want. Correct. And not go over. But this is definitely big rock territory. You know, this is big ice cube territory. Exactly. If you are going to put it on ice, you know, I actually make. I think the first time I drank this, I drank it on ice. A big one, right? Yeah. I think it was, uh, I think I had, had a Stormtrooper that night. Because hmm. I have Star I have Star Wars ice molds. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it was like a Stormtrooper helmet. Um, either had, I think I either had a Stormtrooper or I had uh, BB-8. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's, anyway. So that's a, that's a trick out there that you may be able to use if you are, like if you want to have stuff with, if you want to have liquors and you're like, well, I don't want to fully ice, but I, I'm not really enjoying it neat. Try, try stirring it on ice and then pouring it, in, pouring it neat. And that may give you mm-hmm. a little better of an experience. Right. So, uh, we're not going to bar town, are we? Well, I asked Marie that it's, so we're, we're in a hotel in Louisville. Downtown. Downtown. And I don't, I don't know exactly where Barktown is. That what it is. Yeah. I think it's over by the Ohio River. Bardstown is... I didn't look it up. It's kind of the one that's in the middle. Okay. You know, like the, the Bourbon Triangle? Yeah. It's an hour from Lexington and 45 minutes from Louisville. Two hours from Cincinnati. Oh, okay. So it's a little no. bit kind of south central. See, I don't, I don't think we're going there. Okay, well, just for next time. Always the next time. There's always a next time. But yeah, so I, I'm I'm really excited about this upcoming trip. Not only just because it's it's a trip to you know celebrate my sister and have fun, but it'll be my first trip for liquor. You know, I've done trips where I focus on beer. Obviously, I've done wine trips, but this is the first trip that's like extremely liquor focused so i'm i'm very excited about it so what she says is bullet buffalo buffalo trace i guess yep castle and key castle and key yeah that's that's one yeah i don't i don't recognize castle and key do you mm-hmm it's good okay and then i said well what about a walking tour of main street Louisville? she says well i'm I'm planning a few visits. Angel Zimby is right there. She mentions uh, Prohibition Spirits. I don't know that one. Do you know it? And then Michener's. Yes. I'm super excited about Michener's. Well, I'm super excited about Angel Zimby. Well, yeah. I mean, let's be real. I'm excited about every single one. Well, me too. Because, especially when we go to Buffalo Trace, because at Latin's. It's Blanton's, but it's also E.H. Taylor. Yes. They're all, they're, you know, it's also right there. So it's, I'm very, I'm very excited about that. And then we're, she was born in Maysville, Kentucky, which is over on the Ohio River. And I'm not sure how we're going to work this in, but there is one um, in Maysville. And it's called the Old Prague. Oh, Okay. And it started out right after the Civil War in 1876. So I think we might sneak that one in while we go over to her her place. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't even distill. You can't even tour uh, Barton anymore. They've stopped distilling, or they've not stopped distilling. They've stopped tours. Well, maybe they're going to start back because COVID's kind of. Yeah. Well, um, maybe I don't know. 
it, there's not a date on it, but they said they stopped it on June 30th. Mm. But anyway, well, anything else about this one before we... I'm go- I'm Here we go, best on play. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you already had that one picked. Well, I I keep reevaluating. <laughs> I can tell you so, it's not the steak sandwich. So, best... Right. Well, I don't know. Um, but best on plate, how can you pick one? We got bourbon. So, how can you pick a molasses cookie that turns turns the drink into rum? How can that be best on plate for a bourbon drink? Because it's a pairing that completely changes everything. And that's usually what I like. Yep, it sure is. All right, so we're going to switch over to Dad's. Dad, why don't you remind us what it is and your pairings. Okay, it's Evan Williams. And that is a Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, just like this one is. It's 100 proof. They all have to be 100 proof. And my pairings are ribs, steak, and salmon. So we have meat on meat on meat here. Yeah, it's like a Josh Blaze fish. Meat. It's a meat. It's still no animal flesh. Yeah. So we already talked about the price point, and I'm really, really impressed with Evan Williams and their price point. And in fact, on the website, you know, you get these people making their comments, and somebody says, "How in the world can you stay in business?" <laughs> <laughs> and I think we already talked about that. I mean, that tax incentive has to be huge. Well, yeah, the tax incentive is huge, but you were also talking about a huge distiller who makes a lot of different stuff. Well, and like I said, they're part of Heavenly Heaven Hill. Hill. Yeah, and I think that's the, well, that's a. I don't know if Heavenly Hill's bigger than Sazerac. Probably not. Well, I don't think so either, but when I went on that website, it's like they got a huge number of things too. Right. Well, that's, you know, because of that, that's how they're able to to do it and do it at the, the level in which they need to and also the price point. I mean, they are an extremely popular bourbon by itself. Well, I read they were the number one bourbon. Number one selling bourbon. I, and I think it has to do with that price point. You know, well, they also a do. lot of these other bourbons are going to be forty, fifty dollars. Even yours at twenty-seven, and this one's eighteen ninety-nine. Yeah, used to at uh, our favorite liquor store, we'd get a discount on the whiskey, but then the Arkansas Beverage Control didn't like that, so they quit it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I can get my two dollars and fifty cents of. Yeah, your store your store credit. So I did get a store credit, so okay, I'm down to like fifteen ninety nine. No, fifteen um fifteen ninety that'd be Whatever. three dollars, yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah, sixteen forty nine. Okay, on on the bottle it's it's a distinct bottle. Because the normal Evan Williams bottle is a black label. So you're look you're looking for this this bottle has that distinct it's green on white and so it says bottled under US government supervision so that's that whole thing about the warehouse I don't know if they come in and inspect yeah but I would guess they would oh oh yeah yeah and then uh, single distillery and it's got this single number on it, DSPKY1. What did your What was yours on there? DSPKY12. Okay, so we're number one. Maybe you were the first ones to to get a bonded warehouse. It could be, and then it's like we said, it's a hundred proof, um, and it's four years, at least four years. And these guys, Evan Williams, started in seventeen eighty three. So they've been doing it. They must know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you nosed it? Yeah, it's it's not as intense. Oh, <laughs> I just burned my nose. <laughs> you you gotta you gotta quit getting deep. So I watched a little video, uh, and it was uh, Bernie Lumber, L U 
B-B-E-R. And he's the, the bourbon brand ambassador for Evan Williams. And so I noticed something and I need to start doing it. Instead of holding the glass and putting your nose up straight up against the glass and sticking it in, he holds the glass at an angle and puts his nose over at that angled side. Doesn't burn you as much. <laughs> okay. Literally. Yeah. And so I think I learned something today. Well, because you're only you're only getting it through one nostril. Well, that's true too. So that that sensation is not going to be the same. And, and we've also said you need to blow in it. Yeah, you can get some of that fume out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that with with particular some wine things as well. If I'm having a hard time getting pa- or anything, if I'm having a hard time getting past the alcohol, I'll blow. Right. And then you got to do a quick smell because of it, because it's going to come, it'll come back. So I get the caramel, I get the vanilla, I get the oat, just like we said with yours. Uh, you know, there has, they got to be very, very similar because they're going into that cast. You know, they got the vanilla because it's American oak. It's first usage. I never saw that written, but it's got to be. Well, to be bourbon. bourbon. To be bourbon, it has to be first. And first char. When I taste it, Get a little hint of citrus. Okay. So that was different than yours. I didn't get that citrus. Okay. And I got a distinct, I say distinct, in the background, but it was more distinct than yours, and it's like spice of black pepper. Okay. I'm getting a little bit more, it's not as intense as the Kirkland. I get a little bit more kind of honey spice and honestly like some at the very end kind of some of the charcoaliness, like grilled grilly kind of flavors. You already had a rib, didn't you? No, I didn't. Well. <laughs> I did not. The last thing I had was a bite of cookie. What? <laughs> I said the last thing I had was oh. a bite of cookie. Not I paired a cookie with it. Well, I bet it goes well too. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the flavors are very similar to this. This is, to me, just feels a little bit more kind of restrained. Like how it tasted when I was eat how the Kirkland was tasted when I was eating the gnocchi is kind of how this bourbon tastes to me just when I'm drinking it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not bloomed, it's, there's, you know, it's not finished or anything like that. It's just, that's what it's, that's what it's tasting like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've got your Kansas City style ribs. We've got a steak that's just salt and pepper, right? No, it's um, olive oil, salt, garlic pepper. Garlic pepper, okay. And sometimes on the steaks I put Worcestershire, but I didn't want that intenseness. And so I didn't last night. Okay. And these are cooked too rare, but then I had to heat them up, so I might be <laughs> so probably around, probably about medium now. But this is a really good whiskey. I can understand why why people like it. You know, one of the one of the things I I read as I was doing the research for this is that one of the reasons Bottled and Bond has started to come back is bartenders are asking for it. Oh, okay. some of the higher proof and the higher time in bottle take away some of that extra sweetness that you can have in bourbons just because they're 51% corn. Also, you know, they, it helps in the cocktail making because mm-hmm. now you're not having to play so hard against the sweetness of a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, also read that, you know, a master distiller or one of the distillers was like, you know, this is the, this is, can be the hardest type of bourbon to, uh, to make because it has the most constraints on it. Mm-hmm. So you, it's kind of the, the holy grail. They actually you know, said it's the holy grail of distilling. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to bourbon, it tastes really good. So where is, so Evan Williams, where are they, where's their distillery? So they are in that Bardstown. I think they make a little bit in Louisville Main Street. That's, that's where the tours are. So okay. They, so I think they 
make a little bit there just so they can claim it. Right. I mean, it also could just be a tasting room. Well, it's definitely a tasting room. Okay. And then this Bardstown is where Heavenly Hill Distilling is. And that started like right after Civil War, Bardstown, Kentucky. And then that's Heavenly Hills. Now, in that in that location, it says there's 1,600,000 barrels. Not of Evan Williams, but of their all their other brands. Right. And they've got a, a bunch of them. A bunch of them. Rums, liquors, or I mean uh, vodkas. Even, this doesn't make sense because it lists Black Velvet Canadian Whiskey. Why does that not make sense? That they own a company that makes that. Well, that's what it could be because it can't it can't be Canadian whiskey unless it's in, totally done in Canada. Right. So you're probably what you're looking at is probably just a list of things that they mm-hmm. that is underneath the umbrella of the brand. Right. Like Elijah Craig. Mm-hmm. You had that small batch. Uh, I've had one of them. They have a couple different. I think Small I gave batches. Marie some of that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what What have you thought so far of the pairings? I love those ribs, no matter what. And yep. so the charriness of the rib, the way we cooked them, uh, the spice that's on it, so we use a little gate spice, and then the bourbon with its, you know, it's sweetness. It's not charred, but like I said, it's got some of that black pepper that I'm sensing. Mm-hmm. The charred barrel is what makes it that color. And so that seems to be a good Okay. Have you had anything else with it? No, I haven't. Have you? Mm-mm. I haven't. That's what I was asking. I thought maybe you had some of the steak. Well, you had some of the cookie. No, you didn't have no. the cookie. That was the last thing you had. Right. Before Pretty I started good. drinking this. And it's really good. You know, like you said, at eighteen ninety nine a bottle, it is a great buy. Because, you know, that's about what you can buy bullet bourbon for at Costco. Right. Know, or in the store, it's about, you know, $20, $22, dollars a bottle. I have not really had much experience with, like, with regular Evan Williams or Jim Beam or some of those other ones, which are also going to start making, you know, which are also doing bonded stuff excuse me, bonded bourbons as well. But like you were talking about, you know, at for the price, this is a very, very good one. I think maybe at some point in the future, it'd be interesting to do a high-low bonded bourbon to see kind of what the differences are between something that would cost $50 in this, this which costs oh, the 20 1783 Well, any, anyone any that's, at a, that's at a higher price point. So at this price... You- at this price, you shouldn't feel bad about using it as a mixer. At this price, this is an everyday whiskey. Yeah. And you can... This is a great cocktail whiskey. Yeah. Evan and Coke, Evan and Seven, Highball, you know, you name it, you could use it. Old Fashioned. Oh, yeah. Manhattan. Let's get a little bit classier than Coke mixers here. Well, I'm just soda just, mixers. I'm just starting with what they had on the list. <laughs> I know, but you've got a okay, brain of your own. Here's one they call ginger and honey. I tell you what, if we made that ginger and honey and put that, does it use the cookie? I don't know, but does it use Evan honey? Evan Williams honey. Okay, so that's and not their bonded. That's right. Which I've heard Evan Williams honey is actually very very good honey whiskey. Yeah, they do a lot of. They have four, I think, four different flavors. I think they do a a honey, a cherry, an apple, and one other. I think they might do a cinnamon, kind of a cinnamon style one. But you're right the the rib goes the rib goes well with this. the The body of the the whiskey holds up to it. There's not too much sweetness to overplay. The only thing about I think that where the ribs could could be an issue or any this is just going to be any food with this type of liquor is the spice level. Mm-hmm. If that spice level gets up and you're then you're going to that heat intensity from the alcohol is going to going to go up as well. So you need to be careful 
when you're pairing heat and alcohol together because all of these, no matter what, are going to be 100 proof, which is 50 percent alcohol. That's requirement. Water. Yeah, it's part of it's part of the act. It that's can't required. be 99. It can't be 101. It's got to be 100. Right, and it's not when it's distilled or in the barrel. It's actually when it's bottled. So right. if it's you know, if it's 120 proof in the barrel, they've got to cut it down to 100. I think if you put it in the barrel at 100, it's not going to come out at 100. You're going to get some of that uh, infusion from the barrel. How, is, the how is alcohol produced from the barrel? What do you mean produced? Uh, so well, typically, I, I don't understand the, your line of thought here. Well, typically when you put it in the barrel, it's going to be... 150 or something barrel strength and then you cut it yeah that's what so I'm I saying think if you made this at, well I guess if you made it at 100 it's going to come out at 100 but uh, most of the time don't, don't watch me do this math because I'm confused <laughs> most of the time when it's distilled it's going to be over 100 proof right it's going to distill out over 100 proof which is the barrel strength, which right. is not not cut at all, and right. cutting is when they that you add water mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. bring down the alcohol level of a of a distillate. Mm-hmm. So whatever, so whatever it's in at the barrel, it doesn't matter. Whatever it comes out of the the still doesn't matter. It's only when it goes into the bottle right. that they have to get it down to one hundred proof. And it's got to be an exact amount. Now I wonder if they allow the the play. In the alcohol percentage, you ever heard? You ever heard about this? Why, well, yes, I have. But when this, when I was watching this video uh, with with the ambassador, his comment was a hundred proof, exactly. So maybe because so it's, that sounds like there is absolutely no play. Okay, that's the way I heard that. Yeah, because you usually have. Three, you have three percentage, Something three like percentage points either way, um, when it comes to how it's taxed because alcohol taxes on distilleries, breweries, wineries are based off the percent alcohol mm-hmm. of the product that's made. Mm-hmm. All right, I've tried this steak. I just watched you take a bite. I'll let you chew on it. So I had, I had the rib. And the ribs got that hard because of the way we cook, we smoke them, and they come out smoky char. So that steak was on the charcoal grill. It yes, it got a little char on it, but they can, it came out medium or rare, medium rare or rare. And so I just ate the steak, and the steak seems to meld better with this whiskey from the standpoint of I'm not going where'd that char come from that taste that I've got this that black pepper did that come from the rib or did that come from the whiskey with the steak it's like did it come from the steak no it came from the whiskey and so to me that was a better pairing and see, I'm having a completely different experience. Well, that's how we're different. Than you, because both of these meats have taken away almost everything about the bourbon. What do you mean everything? So, when I taste it, after I eat a piece of meat, what I get is I get a light sweetness and a, bur- and a jet, fu- jet fuel burn of alcohol. Like it intensifies all that, all the alcohol, all the heat, and takes away or covers up a lot of the nuances of the whiskey. It's very, very interesting because I was really enjoying this because it wasn't presenting a whole lot of alcohol. It was beautiful. I could kind of get into the nuances of it. But when I've had each one of those two meats, it's just been a little bit of that bourbony sweetness and then a. A hit, a hit fire of the alcohol. Hmm. And I don't, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that beefy or the, the, fla- the, those flavors of that meat, whether it's the beef, I think it's actually just the beef itself that's, that's kind of taking over all that, but which it can't cover. 
and then the rib. The rib's a little bit better because it does have more of that smoky charriness that plays well with what's here. But the alcohol has been intensified both times. And I didn't say it when I had the when I had the rib because I wasn't sure if it was the spiciness or what was going on. But when I had it with the steak, it was I know there's there's something going on there. So what we need to do, bloom it. Yeah, well, make sure you try it with the fish first. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm I'm about to. I'm but about to. You may not be ready for fish, so I'm just saying. If yeah, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna bloom mine and go at it while you go ahead and eat the fish because, you know, I like this should in my head this should work, like the the steak and the and the rib both should work and not give me that super jet jet fire flavor and feeling. Mm-hmm. but it is and i don't mm-hmm. know why <laughs> and mm-hmm. i i think there's just there's something about that combination that's just not working it could be my palate today who knows that could happen you so know, this this trip we're taking when you're thinking about blooming it is going to be the, one of the greatest things but the problem is the time restraint of what we're doing is just a few days and so if you do a couple of them, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to do Louisville, we're going to walk down, maybe we'll do Angel Envy and a couple others, and then we're going to go back, you know, eat and drink and go to sleep and get up and then get on the bus. And then we got a bus driving, or it's, maybe it's a van, one of these 15 passenger vans. So then they take us some places. And I think I think we do that again. Well, the math says okay. We hit seven or eight of the two hundred. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it's like really, <laughs> what, what just happened? <laughs> what you are describing <laughs> is the problem about doing Anything. almost any type of any type of alcohol trip. Exactly. Because in almost every place, there's too much to go to. Exactly. And like when we do wine trips, you know, we may only go to three or four places a day. I mean? Three or four. Because we have, you know, we schedule appointments. We are, you know, walked around and toured. It's not just in the tasting room, drink throughout. But you were doing VIP tasting. So maybe you got, instead of the three... Or even the maybe the five, you were getting seven or eight. Well, yeah, but also you just can't, you can't go that hard. I mean, I think the most we ever did in one day was six, and we were pretty dang, we were pretty dang drunk at the at the end of the day when we went to dinner. Hey, don't say that, but you know that's what that spittle jar. Yeah, if you spit everything, yes, right. But if you don't, you're still going to get a little drunk because you're. T- you're we're talking about six wineries, right? Five to six wines a piece, right? Each place is thirty six. That's up to thirty six wines, from ten to three. <laughs> okay. So it's like there's a. Yeah, I can't do that. There's no. a there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot that happens. Okay. Okay. Did you did you bloom it? I did. So, what you're taking another sip, I'm going to tell you about the salmon. So, the salmon, you know, fish has a different layer of fattiness. And I cook the fish on the rarest side. Because, you know, fish, to me, certain fishes like salmon, you really don't have to cook them that hard. And if it's a little pink on the inside, it's like, this is right. This is perfect. But you got this little layer of fish fattiness. Well, that's a completely different fattiness than what we're talking about with steak and ribs. So I did not get that powerful burning of the alcohol that you were describing with the meat. Right. And I went back and tried the meat, and I, I got what you were talking about. Before, I was just going, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. 
And that's not to say it's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, really good. Yeah. And so, you know, when I went back and tried it, tried the stuff that when it's bloom, I'm still getting the same kind of feeling of a lot of things disappearing. The, but what's left is the, the alcohol piece of it. So it's not as intense because of the blooming, but it's still presenting the same way to me. Mm-hmm. These are good. Yeah. Every, I mean, everything's really good. Anything else about Evan Williams you want to tell us? I think they're a good place to visit. I, mean, I hope we maybe get an opportunity to walk down the street and see them. Because I forget the address. It's like such and such number Main Street. Mm-hmm. And Angel Wimby such and such Main Street. <laughs> I think I think the point is to get a tour, you got to be scheduled. Most likely. But I think to walk in there and maybe buy something, you don't have to do anything. You can just walk in and say, I want that. Yeah. And maybe you can get a taste of it before you buy it. Yeah. Maybe you get a couple of tastes before you buy a couple. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not sure I need a tour of a distillery. I know what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's like you're walking in there and there's these big copper vats and, and you look over to the side and here comes this really clear liquid. And it's like when I was in Scotland, it's like you can't take a picture of this. Right. And it's like, why not? especially because they all look the same. Right, right. And they got that lock box of where that liquid is. Mm-hmm. And it's got, you got little three three pipes coming down. They're all like clear as water. It's yeah. It's like, uh, that's whiskey. <laughs> yep, it sure is. But no, I, I think. Uh, all right, well, I'm, let's. I'm happy about these uh, bottle and bond though yeah well let's go ahead and talk about best on plate so oh, man what was your favorite with mine like you said i think i might have to go with that the cookie mm-hmm. i mean i love this the sandwich is good it just doesn't quite go with the whiskey right uh the the was really good with the whiskey yeah but the but the molasses cookie gave it that change, and then all of a sudden I had rum. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a pretty that was a pretty interesting experience for me. I really liked the gnocchi. Mm-hmm. The gnocchi tasted really great, and then the way the tomato and the potato worked with the whiskey to kind of you got a whole it, different taste there too. Yeah, you got a whole different taste, but you were able you were able to taste more of the whiskey than than right. you were before right all right well what about on your plate well on my plate i'm struggling because the, the steak was really good they all three were good yeah i'm gonna say mine was the rib out, yeah, out we of usually pick the rib don't we well yeah because we we like them but they, it plays well we played the best with the whiskey that from things that was on your plate hmm now the cookie in your whiskey was also good because I oh, did I try. I did try that at the end, but oh, I didn't try that. Well, what? So what was yours on your plate? So I, I want to say the rib because we always say the rib, but I think the steak because it gave you that, you know, that protein beefiness. Okay, as opposed to the pork rib. Yeah, but it gave you that beefiness, not as charred, and it and it just kind of let. Let the whiskey do what the whiskey wanted to do. And beforehand, the pork, it was like I said, it's like, where's the char coming from? Is that char coming from the pork or is it coming from the whiskey? Oh, yeah. Now, I like the salmon too, So, but I'm still going to go the steak. Okay. Was best on play. All right. Well, I think it's time for the blind, so let's go ahead and get that uh, poured up. All right. All right, so Dad's got a blind poured up for me. Um, it is that same kind of ambery, beautiful kind of brown, yellow, amber color. It 
is clear, so it's definitely been good filtered. Uh, we're tasting out of... Need a little bit more. Uh, we're tasting out of Glencairn glasses for the for the blind this time. So on the nose, it smells. You have some sweetness. You don't have a whole lot of extra alcohol. I mean, it's prevalent, but it's not super burny on the nose. Are you getting a strange smell? Um, there does seem like there is some extra earthiness, almost like a charcoaliness to it. Mm. But there's definitely some sweetness, some nuttiness, but it also kind of has that woody, fiery smell. Not like a campfire, not like it's like mezcal or anything like that. But there's definitely some sort of like almost charcoaly, charcoaly kind of smell there. I'm getting like, don't let this go to your head, but I'm getting sort of like a iodine, penicillin, something. Okay, I'm I'm definitely not getting that. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> On uh, what's my nose there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I get a little bit of like honeycomby beeswaxy sweetness on it and there's definitely some light nuttiness there's a little bit of barely van- but it's more like the vanilla and those sorts of ranges it's not really hugely spiced or baking spices um, it's extremely smooth you like it um, I do but that beeswaxiness is very interesting to me mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna go ahead and bloom this with a piece of ice um it's very good it's not the alcohol is like i said the alcohol is prevalent it's but it's not overpowering and that may that may be just because it's not a hundred proof i've just had 200 proof whiskeys and i'm not and i'm just not able to perceive it like it would normally be but it also has like a kind of a velvety like almost like coating mouth feel to it which is very, very interesting to me. Yeah, so it definitely has like a floor. When I bloom it, I have that piece of ice in it. There's like a, a floral, a florally sweetness, but it's not like honeysuckle. It's not like jasmine. It's just a different kind of florally sweetness to it. Bloom taste. It's a lot more nutty. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more nutty than than without the bloom, but you still have that kind of like honey honeycomb or uh beeswaxy kind of kind of level of sweetness there it's really good so because it's brown because it's been aged because of the sweetness i'm gonna go ahead and narrow it down that it's some type of whiskey um it just feels like it's in the whiskey family it doesn't feel like it's in the rum family with some of those flavors going on it doesn't quite feel like it's in the uh in the Grape-based distillates like brandy or cognac or those sorts of things. Whiskey. There's Irish whiskey. There's Scotch whiskey. There's bourbon whiskey. There's Tennessee whiskey. There's Tennessee whiskey. There's American. There's American whiskey. There's American Canadian. Whiskey. There's Canadian, Canadian whiskey. whiskey. Okay, you got there's a lot of narrowing down still there. Right. Um. I don't think this is a Scotch. Not. Uh, okay. It does not. It doesn't present to me like it is a scotch. Right. Um, I don't think it's an Irish whiskey. It, some of those flavors just aren't right. It doesn't remind me of having the sweetness like a Canadian whiskey would. Mm-hmm. I think it's somewhere in American whiskey. If it's bourbon, it's a bourbon I've never had. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of down between American and Tennessee whiskey. Okay. Um, it's been a long time since I've had Tennessee whiskey. Um. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this is a Tennessee whiskey with some of that like charcoaliness and the the beeswaxiness and and an unfamiliarity that I have to this this liquor is kind of why I think it's going to be a Tennessee whiskey. Um I'm not going to tell you what distillery I think it's coming from okay. because there's no way I I haven't I haven't drank Tennessee whiskey enough to be able to get you to that but it's just the way it's mellowed since i know that's just okay many of many tennessee whiskeys are charcoal mellowed mm-hmm. and having those unfamiliar flavors i'm gonna go ahead and say that that's what it is 
All right, Tennessee whiskey. And you're and you're gonna have to come back not next week, Uh but the week after to find out whether I was right or if I was incorrect on what this is. Because next week we're gonna go ahead and release an episode that we're gonna record while we are actually in Bourbon County. Uh, Like I mentioned, oh, you're gonna hear a bunch of drunks, (laughs) (laughs) possibly. I Um, hope not. No, no. Like, like, like we mentioned earlier, we're going. We're going there not only just to go, but it's also Marie's birthday, so she's going to have some friends in town, so we're going to kind of just do an open mic, kind of talk about the trip and kind of what people really enjoyed about the trip and those sorts of things. So it'll be a fun episode. It may not be the best uh, produced episode that we've ever done, but it definitely won't be the worst produced episode we've ever done. Uh, We can promise you that. So we're looking forward to that next week, so you'll have to come back in two weeks to find out whether I was right or wrong. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. This is a good one, John. Yeah, it was a great one. Once again, thank you to all of you out there who are following us and sharing us with your friends. Remember, we're out there on socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Acquired Tastings. You can also send us an email, acquiredtastings at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please give us a subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you want more people to hear about what we're doing, please go out there and give us a rating and a review. We like to see those coming through, and also they help us uh, increase our our uh, visibility out there for in the you know myriad of the ocean which is which are our podcasts out there that's that, out there now so uh it's it's been a good episode dad absolutely you know this map on, on uh, our transistor doesn't even show in so maybe we've even had people yeah who who knows <laughs> but, but we like we like seeing that and you know share us out there with your friends so Once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.